This is an Area Code podcast. You're listening to Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Scarlett Hildebeidel talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me, as always, are Scarlett and Dave. Guys, how's it going? You know, I got my apple. You do? I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling good. It's a Friday. <laughs> Friday, even in a COVID world, Friday still has some relevance, even though there's days we're confused what day it is. <laughs> Do you remember the Cure song "Friday I'm in Love" from like the like from oh. 1991? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. feel like basically every day is 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 like I'm I'm living out that song every yeah. day. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, which which yeah. may be the saddest thing <laughs> that I have said on the podcast in uh, at least three to five weeks. Wow. Oh, wow. Scarlett, is that sad? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I was five in 1991. So I don't remember that song. Oh. But um, <laughs> I uh, I have this new microphone, so I'm super legit podcaster now. That's true. That's true. You sound great today. Um, and, uh, you. you know, Dave is our is our only echoey person remaining. Yeah. Hold on. All right. So, yes, we have new microphones. Scarlett got hers first. Uh, I do not have mine yet, but it's supposed to arrive today. So next episode, we should sound even more professional. How about that? We're like mildly professional. We're so professional. Yeah. Totally. 100% professional all the time. Well, we're like 95. I'm the 5% that's a holdout. (laughs) No, okay. I think you're like the 90%, Dave. Oh, oh thanks. That's good. That's good. I mean, I'm a professional at derailing our conversations with non sequiturs, so. <laughs> I contribute 0% of the professionalism to this podcast. <laughs> but all the class. All, yeah, but all exactly. the class. All, all the class. I'm the guardrails of this podcast. <laughs> the guardrails. Oh, That's true. Wow. I haven't had to use a sensor button in, uh, you know. That's what like, I'm here for. Three, four oh, months. Man. It's great. Man, unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, I say. Oh. Yep. What's oh. happening, guys? What's happening to us? I don't, I don't know no what's No one has dropped a, any profanity on the show in a long time. I know. That's good. I wonder why that suddenly stopped all of a sudden. <laughs> I can pinpoint it to about late December when somebody wasn't on the podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like there was like one person that was yeah. 100% yeah. responsible for all profanity. Who was a guest of ours maybe a few weeks ago. I don't maybe. know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. 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 I don't know. Aaron, Aaron <laughs> your, your editing has gotten uh, cleaner. Uh and I mean that in terms of like, you know, you haven't had to do as much. That's what Scarlett and I were talking about. Like, it sounds really good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I make it look easy, but it's actually quite hard. <laughs> <laughs> we, produce you, we, we appreciate you and your your producing skills. Well, so, thank, yeah. you. thank you. Thank you. I feel um, very affirmed today. This is, I'm not sure how I feel. I'm not sure how I feel about this. This is a new, this is a new thing for us. We're, well, we're maturing. We're growing as people. Yeah, I haven't been made fun of yet by Dave. No, you know, I, uh, um, I, I had, uh, I, I had my, you know, I was a Friday morning, early morning men's group, and 
uh, I turned on the TV right beforehand early. This is like 6 a.m. And Argo is on. And uh, uh, we Americans do thank the Canadians for playing a part, uh, at least in Ben Affleck's semi-fictional version of the story of the American hostages in Iran in 1979-80. We legit thank played you. a role in that. Thank you. You legit did. We I did. Know. I know. So for those of you who have not read the book or have seen the movie, um, there's like six hostages that escape uh, in the middle of the uh, embassy that is uh, overtaken. And they are apparently turned away by the British and the Kiwis, which was controversial in the movie by them mentioning that, by the way. Um, but the Canadians, the friendly Canadians, <laughs> take them in at their, uh, it's not an embassy, it's uh, the residence, residency of the, uh, of the ambassador um, in Tehran. So, um, so thank you. I, I, I just, we, I start out, we just need to thank Aaron personally uh, for that. Yeah. And then Ben Affleck you, got to make a legitimate movie again. That's right. So that's really, yeah, we need to thank them for helping Ben Affleck out. That's yeah, right. You, you know, I, well, on behalf of Canada, you're welcome. Um, and also, um, on behalf of Ben Affleck's resurgent career, you're also welcome. Um, you know, I have, I have nothing to do with it at all, but, you know, aside from him actually making better life choices with movie scripts by and large, you know, and I have I've, nothing to do with that either. You don't No. no, unfortunately. Oh, okay. No. You know, I just saw his movie. Did you see the movie The Way Back? The one he, he's a coach in that came out. I haven't watched it year. yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, you know, he, it's uh, you know, it takes place in Southern California. He's a was a star basketball player in high school and ends up getting into drugs, alcohol, essentially that derails his basketball career and it kind of picks up with him being asked to come back and coach his old high school team. And um, yeah, the movie it's a, he does a good job. He, he, I've noticed Ben Affleck at the end of the day kind of plays Ben Affleck. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you see Harrison Ford plays Harrison Ford and I, I still like him, you know, I don't dislike him. I just, it's just kind of predictable. I, but, but seeing Ben Affleck struggle with alcohol, trying to have a resurgent career, I'm like, <laughs> Ben Affleck playing Ben Affleck. That's that's kind of what the movie is, and that's kind of what he is. Um, but we're grateful he's alive. How about that? There you go. That's right. I know. He was still <laughs> bombing Phantoms, yo. In what? <laughs> I missed that too. Yeah. What, so what, what, in what? Phantoms? This was early Affleck. Um, like pre Goodwill Hunting? No, no it was uh, post Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Back when they were making him an action hero in uh, in the Armageddon days. Oh, yes. Armageddon fits in that <laughs> Nick Cage category of movies from the 90s, too. Well, it was a Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer film. So, of course, it fits in that. Absolutely. Um, I, I uh, Yeah. I, I, I Speaking of Jerry Bruckheimer uh, productions, I watched Top Gun <laughs> by myself again for the 100th time, only to chalk up 2020 as a disaster for so many reasons. Well, but, partly because you've watched that movie every day since you've been in lockdown. Every no, day. It's, 
it's just a lot I've of been trying, I've been trying to get the kids to watch it, which it sounds funny. No. Yes, I would fast forward through some parts. Okay, I'm aware. <laughs> uh, so before any of that. But it's just so ridiculously pro-American, pro-Hollywood. It's like everything wrapped up into one. No, I wanted to watch it after reading slash listening to the Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer memoir, which is... I thought you said you were going to stop doing that to yourself. No, 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 no. It is, it is too much fun. And, and what I was saying, like, 2020 has, is hard for many legitimate reasons. Another one is the fact that Top Gun Maverick is delayed. Um, I have to come to terms with I don't get to see Tom Cruise, who's like 60 years old, flying around in an F-18 I am pretty sure there are no 60-year-olds flying around in F-18s today in our military. I'm just, I have a hunch that is not good on a 60-year-old's body. Even is he though Tom 60? Cruise, he's Almost. Like 50, he's like 58, I think. Um, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, you are? Okay, That's important. Sorry. I, am, I am doing my version of exaggeration. Uh, uh, well, that is exaggeration. But I think he's like, he's 57, 58. I'm going to go with that. All right, Scarlett's He's 57. He's 57. It's confirmed. Okay. I know something. A few things. Um, but yeah, the I'm age of The age of Tom Cruise, you know, that's that's an important thing for you to know. Uh, it, it, exactly. The age of Tom <laughs> <laughs> Also roughly the age of Nicolas Cage. He's um, 56. Right, right, right. Yes, but he's yeah. much meltier than uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. And remember, his hairline fluctuates like the stock market these days. So, <laughs> and how? And how? Speaking of, uh, and speaking of Nicolas Cage, um, we watched Nicolas Cage go fast um, in uh, oh. <laughs> this gone in, week. Gone in 60 gone seconds. Gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. That's, uh, so there are three categories of Nicolas Cage uh, films, right? There's just the ridiculously bad um, there's the awesomely bad category and then there's like legitimate, like really good movie. Like how does he like in this really good movie? I don't understand how he's in a really good movie. Which ones so, are those? So bad Con Air. is Con Air. No, Con Air <laughs> is awesomely bad. It is so, cause admit it, if it's on television on a Saturday afternoon, you drop everything you're doing and you watch it. Oh, dude, I watched that in the theater when I was in high school. Oh, I will. I don't care what is going on. Same I, with The Rock. Yes, The Rock is part of that category. <laughs> National Treasure. Aaron, you need to share about your family adventure watching National Treasure. Um, I mean, Scarlett, please tell me you've exposed your children to National Treasure. It is a treasure. I've not exposed my children to it yet. They're kind of still in the cartoon. Well, Ever is out of the cartoony stage, but um, okay. the other two aren't. So okay, yeah. just it's a little too soon there. for the younger two. Let, let us know when you get to that wonderful point in life. Yes. Although it is okay. a cartoon, just to is be it? clear. No, yes. okay. no. Oh, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. <laughs> yes. In the same um, way that 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 twenty four after like during about season three turned into live action Looney Tunes. Yeah, I love twenty four. Did you? Okay. I loved twenty four. Okay. Somebody get me a hacksaw. I'm sorry. I loved it. <laughs> All the way through. Um, yep. You know, um, bad his his like ridiculously bad would be like 
Oh, left behind. Uh, left behind. Um, anything <laughs> else he's done in the two thousands? Um, other than like the 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 good one category, which should just be. Um, I'll just say it's awesome. Be like adaptation. You know, something like that. Let's like really creative. It more has to do with the writer of it and the fact, and it requires a quirky character like him. So it just works really well. Mm -hmm. Um, that would be in that category. Um, yeah, he just does so many movies that, I mean, I just, every day Mm -hmm. it's like, what's going to happen today in life. I could wake up in a Netflix, a new movie pops up by Nicolas Cage. I didn't know exist. He is because he made it in his backyard yesterday. He did. (laughs) I mean, that man is a national treasure and, um, um, but there's just, no National Treasure three. Yeah, mm. there's Shame. not. Oh, like Shame. raising Arizona. Raising Arizona would be in the really good category. You know, I mean, it, yes, it's like it's because it's Coen Brothers, and it's and he's quite like. It doesn't mean that he is not weird. That's part of the lure that you just want to see. What is he going to do? That's so crazy. Um, and then you're right. If it's something like The Rock or Con Air, you know that Michael Bay or Bruckheimer or someone else who's influenced by them got a hold of it and said, let's get 30 screenwriters together in a room and come up with the most ridiculous plot and put Nicolas Cage with long hair in the stupidest Southern accent and who's going to save the day and crash land a plane on Las Vegas Boulevard. I love that movie. I think it's so good and it brings so much, it sparks joy as Marie Kondo would. Uh, Definitely uh, sparks joy. When, yeah, when Dave walked down the aisle at his wedding, it was to the theme of Con Air. Oh man. Oh, just, just so good. Okay. Uh, listeners, if you picked up on an edit to this, it's because I had to pick up the phone in the middle of recording because it was my doctor calling me. Um, I'm alive, clearly. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm alive. Um, but I had a little scare this week. I got to visit the lovely uh, Vanderbilt uh, Medical Center uh, ER, which is really fun, also known as the center of COVID for Nashville. And uh, I do, just so you all know, I do not have COVID. I was, tested, I was tested twice for COVID <laughs> within huh. one day. which On each uh, side. No, but uh, oh, oh, Lord, yeah, terrible, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, there's not a. Fe- I don't have any feeling to describe it. <laughs> it's, it's just so, awful. It's so weird, you know. Scarlett knows. I know. Aaron, you're like, next, by the way. They're All scraping right. your brain. It's. I'm horrible. not getting a giant Q-tip stuck up my nose. Yes, you, Scarlett, you just described it. Like, yeah, if I ever wanted to know what it was like for someone to scrape slash tickle my brain, that is what it is. <laughs> and it's like too long, too. Like I thought, okay, they'll just like really quick do this, and they kept doing it. It was oh. I know. I was like singing while they're doing. Ah, ah. <laughs> Did I tell was you that just to of, keep you from crying? When oh, I, I was screaming like a little girl, and I say that in all respect to little girls, I just, uh, I just sound. My point is, my voice went a little higher uh, during that zone, and, and, uh, and that's okay. Everyone heard me. Everything's fine. So wow. I swatted yeah, the no lady's shame. hand away instinctively, and I was sitting on my hands because when I got a flu test, which is a similar test years ago, I punched the male nurse. I don't, I'm not an aggressive person, but it was like, it was just like, uh, what's the word involuntary. 
Yeah. It was like, you're scraping my brain. And then my fist shot out, like, not like a real punch, but like kind of. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, no, it's a terrible test. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, and the lady I feel was like, like, we I, should. Sorry, go ahead. I, I feel like what would happen if I did it is I'd end up slapping someone. Yeah, that's what I did. And she was like, oh, we should, I should have had you sit on your hands. And I was like, I was sitting on my hands. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, you so have a Dave, very strong f- uh, fight or flight response there. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Okay, yeah. so Dave, t- continue no, to go. Uh, no, long story short, I uh, it was over the last month, I've had kind of sporadic pains in my chest. Um kind of like someone standing on your chest, but it would happen like every now and then. I mean, you know, when you exert yourself, you know, you, you certainly knew and can feel that, but uh, I would feel it when I'm sitting down, like I'm doing right now or laying down in bed, which makes no sense uh, um, other than something could be wrong. And then finally this past weekend going into Tuesday morning, I had just three straight days of it. And I'm like, I need to do something. And I told my wife and, I'm in the office when I finally made the decision. I need to go in and get checked out. I don't know what's going on. And um, I know my wife's like, well, why didn't you talk about this more? I said, it's just, we all have ailments. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just it's, a little chest pain. It's odd because I'm generally pretty healthy. I eat like a rabbit. I walk, you hear me. I walk my dog like four miles every day. I don't, it's just, I'm, 41 years old and I, I shouldn't have something like this. Um, and I just didn't know what it was. And plus, and everyone's all hyped up about COVID. So they think, okay, wow, you hear it's most serious cases burying itself in your lungs, in your heart. And yeah, probably, but I, I didn't have any other symptoms like fever or a lot of the other common things. So nevertheless, uh, so I go into it in my doctor tells me to go to an urgent clinic first where I can just get tested and, uh, the doctor there realizes he's hearing something strange in my heart. So I get an EKG. And by the way, um, getting an EKG, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but um, I got a carpet going on here on my chest. And, uh, <laughs> and so an EKG. That was, that was a lot of detail, David. Was, I, I know. I respect <laughs> that. But Vivid detail. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, they there's no other place to put the uh, the sticky things that they have to put in your chest. Oh my so they of course put that right on there. And they, this is not like a nice masking tape. This is like the strongest tape possible, right? To stay on oh. your chest. So just to let you know that. Um, and <laughs> and so I get the EKG and I'm wait, and and I'm waiting and of course the nurse then comes and it's time to take them off and I'm not endorsing for anyone to go see the movie The Forty Year Old Virgin but there is a very funny scene in, in it where Steve Carell and you should probably just Google that scene I would just say because that's it the rest of the movie is exactly it's what part you of think the trailer it's about. so. It's part of the trailer and it is the funniest scene and Steve Carell actually went in to get his chest waxed. Uh-huh. What you see in the movie actually happened and you're seeing his real reactions to this, this lady ripping hair off of his chest. Uh-huh. And even though it was not a complete chest wax that I got, it was pretty darn close to it. And... Uh, <laughs> And I, and when this lady is having to rip them off of me, 
I am dying laughing. The whole office is hearing me do this. And I already have chest pain, by the way. So you I'm were like, laughing? La- I'm, oh, I'm laughing. I am okay. laughing because she's ripping chunks That's better of than hair screaming. Off I thought you were going to say we're screaming. No, I was not. I'm laughing Crying. as it's going. Um, <laughs> but in the movie, Steve Carell is saying certain funny things. Everything from Kelly Clarkson screaming out Kelly Clarkson's Did you names. say Kelly Clarkson? Yeah, I did. <laughs> You did, didn't you? Uh, I didn't. No, I didn't. All I was thinking in my head, because I didn't know if that if the nice nurse had seen the movie, and I didn't want to explain it. Because, like, hey, remember the 40-year-old virgin? And then she looks at me, strains, like, oh, you're the kind of guy who watches the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I love Judd Apatow films. I'm going to admit that. And I feel terrible and awesome all about it. But um, Imagine so, if okay. Judd Apatow and Nick Cage made a movie together. Oh my Just think about no, that. <laughs> don't rule anything out in life. If 2020 has shown us anything, is that anything can happen? That's right. So, every, so continue. Yeah, no, nothing's off the table. So, nevertheless, he comes in after looking at the results. The doctor tells me I have this acute peritonitis. And I don't even know if I said that right because I keep butchering it. Basically, what it is, it's your it's an inflammation of uh, of your heart, the lining of your heart, and is it treatable? Yes. He's like, but at the end of the day, it could be something more. You need to see a cardiologist right away, like this afternoon. The problem is Vanderbilt couldn't, they, they were, you know, this is like mid late afternoon now. And you know, they're pretty booked up. So it is, you have to go to the ER. You cannot wait, grab an overnight bag. You're, you're going to be there. And you guys have heard stories about ERs. Family can't take you in there or anything like that. You just got to go inside. I drove myself. I was okay to do that. But um, I go into the ER and uh, I, they have like this triage unit outside, which to, to, to verify anyone knows COVID potentially does, uh, as well as just, that's just the state of ER medicine right now. Like they have to, before you even actually end the ER, they have to do that. And um, it's in this like bubble outside of it and there's no air moving, it's hot. So they're and able to tell you whether or not you have it that quickly no, now? No, but they're trying to figure out before they put you in whatever situation, that's just their triage unit right now, as opposed to doing it inside. They're trying to keep anything as much outside as possible before they take you in. So, but the problem is it's just that, and I'd already, I'd already had blood taken, so they got to take blood again. And so I'm, you know, in there with the, the nurse and after, you know, I, 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 she takes blood again I sit down in the chair and I, you know, I know it when I'm about to pass out. And I just said, nurse, I've got 10 seconds. I, mean, I look up in the air, my head, I start, I so my head's heating up oh. and I'm starting to go black and she gets over just in time before I fell down. But uh, I sat down and, yes. and if there's one way to get ahead of the line in the ER is to <laughs> pass out. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, not that I recommend that strategy, but the point is they rushed me right in, threw me on a gurney and rushed me in to do all of those more extensive tests. Within the, It took like an hour and a half and, um, you know, there you go. And so they, it's everything they did. Um, ultrasound, a variety of other tests I cannot pronounce, but just trying to rule out things, of course, make sure it's nothing else wrong with my heart. Uh, a 
And, and, the, and of course, it's a teaching hospital. So they got like 10, 12 people around you in any given moment because they're like, hey, this is exciting. This guy's like healthy, but he's got these issues. We're confused. <laughs> Everybody get in here. Let's learn. All right. Here's our, here's our lab rat. Um, and uh, that always has to make you feel good when they call exactly. you that. Exactly. And by the way, why are there patches on his chest? Like hair has been ripped out. You know, it's uh, no. Um, so I, uh, so I had, uh, yeah, nevertheless, they, they did that. And then you just do a lot of waiting. You know, you know, they're trying to get results back. So I sat there for a good four hours. But they're coming in and check on me and explain when they do have results. But um, so I listened to a bunch of podcasts, listened to an audiobook, read a little bit, you know, texting with people. I don't know. Just that's it. It was so I didn't really get discharged until about midnight. And um um, so what I had, we had to stop the podcast for a moment, or maybe you kept recording and just kept going there. And I don't know at this point, but, uh, my doctor was calling me just to, we're setting up things with a top cardiologist. So good times. This is what, this is, this is what the forties looks like apparently for me. So yeah. it's, that's right. That's fun right. scares. So yeah, but it is, you know, I, I will say this on a, on a serious note, being in an ER right now, um, man, um, even though I was scared is not the word. It's more just, you, you just kind of concerned because you just don't know what's going on. And you, um, you're looking around and in an ER, you just see a lot of things you don't see every day. Um, you know, a, a woman in hysterics because her husband was brought in with them doing CPR on him. Mm-hmm. There you go. My, 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 my situation is, was not that bad compared to everyone else's possibly worst day. Um, and hearing someone in the next room over screaming for 10 minutes for God knows whatever was going on, you know? So it was eye opening. And also, you know, you look at the stress and hours that anyone in the medical community has had to, um, put up with them the last few months in addition to just a normal ER time, which is already probably pretty chaotic. And that's what they sign up for. And I, I mean, friends of mine who've worked in ERs for years that they, they kind of thrive on it. They like the fact that they're trying to solve a, a unique problem every day to get you in with a specialist ultimately and keep people alive. But yeah. it was, uh, it was interesting. And yes, I got tested again for COVID in there, which was the more, uh, the, uh, what do you call it, Scarlett? It was the scraping of the brain. Scraping of the brain. Aaron, so if you're looking for Aaron, if you're looking for ideas on what to title this particular episode, mm. scraping the brain is brain uh, scraping brain and scraping. mega scraping. acting. And That's they, what we're calling this one. <laughs> we haven't talked anything about books on this, which makes well, me you smile. did. You said that you you listened to an audio book in I the hospital. One that we shamed him about because he should feel bad it? about it. The Val Kilmer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Memoir. I was done with that at that point. I was done with the Val Kilmer one. I was mm. reading. Uh, yeah, we'll just go right into it. I was reading uh, one year after, which is the follow up to Scarlett's yes. lovely recommendation of <laughs> one second after. Uh, I, since we're in the apocalypse zone, we might as well go another year later and see what I happens. I thought you were swearing off of those in this season, Dave. Nope. Yeah, I you're just, not supposed to read about the future right now because 2021 no, is going to happen. No, 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 no. I started it in the ER. I'd already downloaded it, and I thought, oh, I'll listen to it maybe on vacation a few weeks. <laughs> vacation read. That's really dark. <laughs> just, I am really sick, guys. I'm telling you, like, I... 
yeah, I like all this stuff. I've realized it's okay. It's not bothering me now as much. Now that we're getting outside more and everything, I, uh, I just figured I'll keep going with that zone. Yeah. Good times. So, and then I was also listening to a podcast called the lost kids, which just get this. Um, Oh, even though I know he's public about this, I, I'll just say an old friend from high school. Um, I haven't seen, by the way, in 20 plus years, but we kind of reestablished contact about 10 years ago, mainly through Facebook and because we both are Cardinals fans and so on. But he, um, his story is public, so I'm not sharing anything. It's not already there. But um, he, when he was 17, he had already been through when he was in eighth grade, his father was killed, uh, unsolved murder, by the way. So there you go. Wow. Um, I met him a year later in high school cause we played soccer together. He's a really good soccer player and he just ran circles around me. He was so good. And, and then his mother died of cancer in his junior year. So although he, and the good thing is he had family in town. So he lived with his aunt and uncle after that, but man, can you imagine going through that? He had very typical trouble. What would you expect for any kid? They would dive into alcohol a little bit, um, a little bit of weed and so on. But he was not like, you know, troubled in the way that people would classify him at a basic level. But point is, like, in in good spirit, his aunt and uncle were trying to help him out, process a lot of this. And there was a school that was pitched to him to be able to help him out in this transitional time and it was out in Oregon. And what they did, this I'll get to the podcast in a second, but what they did is, um, and the parents don't know any of this, but besides I tell them, this is how it has to happen because there's no way that you can get your kid to go to the school. They kidnap him in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., tie him up. Like this is like a terrorist capture-like scenario. And more or less, they fly by private jet way out to Oregon. And... Um, and they're placed in this kind of home for boys and girls, mainly teenagers. And it's like intense unlicensed therapy where the kids are abused in so many different ways. You can use your imagination and it's very unorthodox. And that, that camp school has been shut down as you can imagine, but apparently there are dozens of these schools around the United States. Uh, oh, I don't goodness. know if any are still around anymore, but all unlicensed therapy. And a lot of this started back in the sixties. It's a lot of this kind of movement of new thinking and new ways of dealing with issues, hippies and other ones who don't want to conform to society and parents, whether they're wealthy or not wealthy, will do anything for their kids if they're in such a desperate point. Hmm. And there, he uh, he did a forced march all across the state of Oregon, all the way to Idaho from Bend, Oregon. So you do the math. Um, that's like 400 miles. I don't know, something like that. And um, and back. And so it's like intense, crazy stuff. Nevertheless, he eventually got out once he was 18, and he's essentially stayed out there since. And he's lived, you know, by all means, a very productive life since, but crazy. Um, wow. and, um, so this podcast is about another one of these, uh, schools down in California called CEDU. C it's C E D U. It stands for something, but it's like, see yourself who you are, do something about it. Um, 
And it's the same type of thing. And it really profiles a kid who escaped the camp and has been missing ever since. Hmm. And, but they interview lots of other people and counselors. It's like a six part podcast. So it's not that long. So I would, I bet I thought it was fascinating. It's a little disturbing just because of, of that. But yeah, I listened to that podcast while I was in there too. Um, fascinating. Listen to that podcast. You read one year after I, no, while you were whole, in the hospital. The I, I read like uh, a couple chapters of it enough to get started. I'm like halfway through it now. We're but, like, how can I add more anxiety and stress to my brain in this um, most stressful situation? Yes. Dave, Dave is a sicko. That's basically it. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a third person speaking sicko <laughs> this week. There's yeah. the title of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's a third, a third person speaking sicko. Yeah. Oh man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave's had a week. So we figured he might as well pile it on with more intense content. Uh, I'm going to veto that title. I veto that. Yeah. Title. Thank you. No, People no, take we're not that using that. Different. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, no. yeah, you just you know you do what you gotta do. So, dude, yeah, I know. Wow, man, we we were supposed to talk about other things in this podcast. We were supposed to talk about hopeful really and joyful things, time. dude. <laughs> I know. So I don't know what the moral of all of this story is, but certainly go get checked out. Maybe even earlier than I did. Um, but it exposes yes, if you're, you. If you're feeling any kind of chest pain, you should probably go to the doctor, especially if you're a dude. Yeah. And maybe listen, like listen to and read hearted things. You know, I think, I think we need to have an episode where we just talk about light, like joy, joyful, life giving, lighthearted things for Dave to read. It's just recommendations <laughs> for him. Listeners, you can help with that too. In fact, um, so get on the Instagram and give a, give, give Dave some suggestions for hope filled life giving reads Yes. Um, as opposed to whatever the heck this is that is making you yeah. do this day to yourself. No, 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 no. You need to but, not. But I figured I'm just going to jump right into I, I also finished this. This this is this goes to show how intense the week has been to I just finished uh, the looming tower, which is about the uh, the lead up of Al Qaeda to 9-11. I know I, I've. Got problems. I, I understand that. I do. This episode can but be called fast. Dave's Cry for Help. Oh, yes. Man. The Looming Tower is fantastic. <laughs> I think that is a must read or listen to audiobook. And then there's a series on Hulu as well. I'm now watching the series because I think it's fascinating too. And it's it's got Jeff Daniels in it. I will watch anything with Jeff Daniels in it. That sure. guy is so good. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's, yeah, you want to. You want to see how our system fails us right there. <laughs> you watch The Looming Tower. It's fascinating. Um, it's real, really good. Good show. Great book. And uh, I think it won a Pulitzer um, for its uh, journalism. And it's really scary, too. So there you go. I know. Yes. So um, I don't have any hope-filled recommendations this week. So I'm just going to be quiet now. And... Uh, <laughs> So, I'm sorry. You know, Everyone's listening to me talk way too much about my health issues no, and no, my questionable reading this week. So, yeah. No, this I this know. podcast is here to help you, Dave. No, thank That's you. what we're here for. Oh, this is our version of group therapy. Here you go. Okay, sure. good. Don't make me march like 150 miles or whatever. Please don't make me do that. No, then. your dog does that. That's enough. 
He does. I know. Yes. I know. And, and he looked at me. He did not get his walk this morning, and he's waiting for that later on today. So mm-hmm. he's like, "We're gonna walk five miles today instead of no. two. Yeah. Ironically, I feel a lot better when I walk. It's funny once you kind of get moving, you don't notice whatever that is, too. Mm-hmm. So, oh well. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Well, this episode is is, is diverted significantly. So um, <laughs> we were going to, by the way, talk about uh, do some Goodreads questions. Do we want to do a few of them just for fun? You know, let's throw in uh, let's throw in one or two. But first, okay, I have an important I have an important thing that I learned. This goes back to um, the topic that started us off today, which is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he has he has actually defined. His style of acting. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Yes. It is not, well, because he, as you know, he is often, and I think rightly so, accused of overacting in everything he does. Um, The way that he has described this is not overacting, but mega acting. Mega acting. Mega acting. That's what you were referring to earlier. Yes, exactly. And so this is so I'm trying to figure out what is the what is the writing equivalent of mega acting? This is rather a really good question. Um it is. What's over the top? Um like hmm. so over the top, ridiculous. That it could only be qualified with mega. <laughs> there just there really isn't anyone who truly compares with Nicolas Cage, though. When it comes, I mean, really, there's a reason people are fascinated with Nicolas Cage and why I have a a gift <laughs> that was There's a reason for that. Um, you know, even though I don't want to get into too much but like the movie tropic thunder really capitalizes on that which is really fun um you know to show what that looks like with those characters <laughs> just you know watch the movie to appreciate it from that perspective but we're not um, endorsing that movie but no, uh, we're not just like we weren't endorsing the 40 year old virgin either besides one scene just for your own laugh but um um but it has content and words. That is, that's right. Yeah, I think about that. <laughs> it does. Yes, it has content. It has scenes. It has. Yeah, pretty much everything that we need a content warning on. Yes, absolutely. Not 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 officially endorsing. Referencing. We were referencing it. Thank you. Yes. that's it. Referencing. Thank you. That's right. Um, man, that's yeah, it's a good question. I don't know if I have a specific. Do you have someone else in mind that are, are something else? Well, see, this is what I'm think. This is what I'm trying to trying to figure out is is because there's um, there's so many different ways to to go about it. Um, when you think about mega writing, um, I mean, there's there is the there's just bad writing, which uses uh, so many um, adverbs. Um, all of these kinds of things that loves the exclamation point. It's the equivalent of the person who texts with an exclamation point at the end of every sentence. I, I edit out my exclamation. Dave is raising his hand. I go through every email I ever send and I take out, out like five of the exclamation points. Also, every time I write an article for Lifeway, they usually take out my smiley faces and then I, I almost always fight to have one added back in. That's right. You know, you <laughs> fight Chris on that, that one smiley face. 
I love that. I do. That makes me so happy. It does. Yes. How many got cut out of uh, Afraid of All the Things? A multiple for sure. Definitely. I remember. And oh, exclamation points. There's a sentence I have in there that's like, there aren't enough exclamation points in all the world. And then I had a bunch of them and they cut them out. And it was just one. And I would just let it go. I didn't fight that battle. Yeah. I mean, you were working, were you working with uh, Taylor or Devin on that? Ashley Gorman. She's fantastic. Oh, you were working with Ashley. Okay, great. Yes, Ashley's really good. She's great. And she didn't actually do much to that. But Brandon, my secret weapon husband editor, had already probably taken out many exclamation points. So by the time it got to her, there weren't as many left. <laughs> you should fight him more on it, though, just to see what Ashley does. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love it. Uh, all right. Well, let me pose a question to you all. All right. So what um, what would you say? I, I, I probably shouldn't answer this because I've just listed a bunch. But like what book has been challenging you the most in the past few months? Well, I was going to talk about this at the end, but I was going to say um, misreading scripture with Western eyes. I am on this. Um, I'm on this like Easter. I have, have an Eastern culture fascination now. I just downloaded, um, this is answering the, what are you reading now? But seeing Jesus from the East, a fresh look at, uh, yeah. Seeing Jesus from the East by Ravi Zacharias, because I just, oh my goodness. I mean, I think I'll say yes in the last few months, but maybe ever, like a book has not exposed blindness. Like I just, I guess I had an idea about Eastern culture, but I had no idea how much my Westness influences how I interpret the world and how I read the Bible and how I just look at everything. So, man, if you have any recommendations about any, I mean, I think I'm going to be on Ravi Zacharias kick for a while. I'm with you there, you know, with Ravi passing away, I think I've realized I haven't read a lot of them, but I, I am kind of on this uh, apologetics kick right now. I guess we always should. It's like uh, there's a variety of resources. We just we just did an eight week study on that through our uh, the two year study thing I'm doing, and it's fascinating because there's a variety of I've gotten some McDowell books and a few others too. And um, there's just you know Robbie Zacharias has, has spent his uh, you know his career really focusing and helping, and he's such a winsome personality. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can see, you know, sometimes it takes for someone to pass away and you realize, wow, what an impact he had on people. And so I've tried to look at it that way and I would love to, to read that as well as others. So that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. fascinated by the idea. Like, I think I, I thought of Eastern culture, like I didn't realize how, you know, they look at us, they look at our individualism as a strange thing. And I guess I had, was guilty of that, you know, we're the center of the universe. This is, you know, like they, their community mentality, a lot of them, you know, they, he, for in the, not this one, but misreading scripture with Western eyes, he's talking about staying with, I forgot where he was, but it was somewhere in the middle East. And it was this guy, he was staying in his house and he owned like three miles of beach. And then his neighbor owned three miles of beach on the other side. And he said, I, I could stick my hand out the window from where I was sleeping and touch the neighbor's house. And I told the guy, why didn't you build your house two miles away? And the guy said, we would be lonely if we did that. So the neighbors are, you know, right next to each other. And there's there's not a word for privacy um, in oh, what, what country was it? I can't even remember. But anyway, the book was talking about how uh, a language, like if something's important to that culture, there are more words for it anyway. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm right. jumbling it all up, but it was just so fascinating to me to think the way they think about doing life, the way they read scripture, it's so different than how yeah. I do. Right. That's okay. why we have so many words for snacks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was one of the things. It was like in Asian culture, rice is a big deal. So there's a word for rice when it grows out of the ground, rice when it's in a bag, rice when it's on a plate. But we just say rice because it's not that important in our culture. But for mm. pigs, we have pig, pork. We have all these different words. Anyway, mm-hmm. super interesting. Yep. Pig, pork, bacon. <laughs> yeah. Bacon is so good. Um, <laughs> I like turkey bacon. I would become I would become a vegan except for bacon. I think that'd just be the only thing that would be my holdout. And I didn't even I, I went one step ahead of vegetarian. Uh, which wouldn't make me a vegan nor a vegetarian if I was still eating bacon. But like if I could have one exception, that would be it. You'd be a religious hypocrite. That's what you would be. I absolutely would. But I just feel like, you know, I just have an exception. So that's okay, you know. It's not all the time, but I feel like, you know what? There's just, it's like a Saturday morning, wake up and making something a little bit different with the kids. I'm like, I'm making myself some bacon. My kids don't like regular bacon. How wrong is that? What have you done to your children? They like turkey bacon. That's That's not bacon. I don't like regular bacon. I like turkey bacon. I'm with them, Dave. Funny. No. Well, it's it's clearly healthier. Um, No. So I know. It's better. No, it's not. No. No, it's highly processed. Uh, it, it, it is. I know. <laughs> no, it's not perfect, but they put oh. so much salt in it to make it make it taste kind of like bacon. It's it's definitely like it's, it's like bendable cardboard. Yeah, it's pretty, no way. It it's is amazing. Scarlet. Come on, it is. No. It is. Yes. It's no. Great. Sorry, guys. No. It doesn't produce like any grease whatsoever, which makes that kind of strange. But uh, yeah. Jeez. See, we we run the grease through. Oh, we run the grease through through one of our Chemex coffee filters into a jar. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do that to well, clarify this, it. That takes out all huh. the fun, man. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's what keeps it from from uh, turning on you in the fridge. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so we put it in the fridge, and okay. so okay. we we have that available to us. We've also done we've also um, uh, done that with with beef as well, and so we've got like a jar of beef tallow in the in the fridge, and it's great. Hmm. So good. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know what's going on here. Look, we all cope with the end of the world in different ways, okay? I understand, okay. You know, you read really dark things and need some joy. We figure out how to have clarified animal fat to cook things in. (laughs) There's the title of the episode. (laughs) Clarified animal fat. (laughs) That's right, that's right. I don't know know where to go with this, but Aaron, (laughs) why don't you answer your question, uh, answer to the the question about a book that has been most impactful on you and the most important book you've read last few months. I don't know if it's most impactful because I'm not done it yet. Um, And I mean, the last few months have been a a little bit challenging. I mean, I've been basically averaging about one a week instead of two a week, which is really frustrating for me. Um, So so you can tell I'm struggling, guys. struggling hard here. You're going to make um, it. Huh. 
Uh, so, I mean, I, I took a break from the Longmire books, um, although I have the sixth one now on my nightstand um, waiting. But I ordered a book called um, Adult Children of Alcoholics. So uh, okay. I am reading about ten- behavioral tendencies hmm. right now. So hmm. I, I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so and part of that was actually inspired by an article that I read by, um, a guy named, uh, Ike, Ike Miller. Um, and so it was, uh, it was an article that showed up on Christianity today and he was talking about, um, he ended up reading this book and he was like, Whoa, (laughs) this actually, like there were some of the descriptions that he, that he read that were like, uh, so yeah, <laughs> that actually makes me make sense. Um, and so he shared a few of them in this article that he, that he wrote and he, he was applying it specifically to his context, which is as a, his work context as a pastor. And, um, and so I'm reading, reading through this and I'm like, oh, well that actually makes a little bit of sense of why I react the way I do. Uh, yeah. to certain things. So, uh, understanding thyself quite an adventure, especially when it comes to the, the history of that Aaron. Yeah. You. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, um, I'm not done it yet. So, and I, I don't know that I would, um, like, you know, whole cloth recommend it, but there's some helpful yeah. stuff in it for sure. But doesn't that also illustrate that Again, not every book is meant for everyone, but it also goes to show of how personal books can, can get and should get. Um, like some are meant to be these bestsellers. Some are meant to be resources for the right time and the right place. Yeah, you can read that when you're ready, but only yep. when you're ready for it. Um, it, it. You know, and there's some books are meant to just. It's meant to just read to understand we're not necessarily personally dealing with it but just for the sake of empathy and so on but you're reading that from a personal experience and yeah everything else that goes with it and so yeah wow well let us know how that goes that's not, a, yes. not an easy one yeah no no but i mean you know it's it's well done i mean it's it's built a little bit more anecdotally but there mm. are uh there's some pretty there's some there's some pretty helpful identifiers of behavior sure so sure so yeah so that's an interesting one for me and then of course you know trying to solve crimes like walt longmire (laughs) that's the second most impactful thing yeah but what i love about that is just the fact that yeah you need to that's your escape Mm -hmm. you know i know that also has a by the way, I'm not the only uh, one who's a little crazy. I mean, come on, that's uh, there's, there's murder and mayhem in that, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Sure, but I mean, <sighs> you know, he's solving crimes. He's not, you know, living through the end of the world. He's trying to make the world a better place by getting justice okay. for people. Okay, all right. Who See, play, who plays uh, the main character? I don't know who plays him in the show, but okay. I just, just I haven't watched the show. I've just read the book. Oh, okay. I thought you've also were watching no. the show. Okay. No. My mom watches it and loves it. So yeah, it's, nice. it's, it's kind of a different genre for her too, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Ah, well yeah. guys, right. if you asked the question, did you answer it? 
Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I feel like I've been dominating this way too much. I don't know. Um, uh, I was just, yeah, I was just kind of looking through some of them that I, I mean, in the spirit of last week's conversation, it certainly has been just mercy to have a better understanding of how broken our criminal justice system is. Um, so that was my most recent read. And then I watched the movie after that too. Um, but, um, you know, that certainly is the most eye-opening when I feel like I just don't know much about this. Mm-hmm. And again, as we've kind of learned, especially last week, that's part of the problem is that it's not that I've done anything necessarily personally wrong, but it's the fact like you've got to know what's broken to be able to figure out what's your part your, your part you can play in helping to fix it. And that may be something very extensive you can do. That may be something that's minimal or something the way you raise your kids differently or the way you treat situations. I don't know. Um, but it certainly is, uh, uh, certainly is, is a good one. And I know a lot of people have been reading it lately, which is great. And watching the movie, the movie is fantastic as well. I usually don't put a, movie up to a book in the same light but the movie is fantastic and it's very faithful to the book which mm-hmm. i guess that's the point you know but um i would say after that uh say nothing the one about northern ireland is great and i also learned a ton about the troubles to me i'm just always that you can see like this theme like i'm just always the type of history i read is outside of World War II. Thank you, Aaron. You're going to make fun of me. No, three, two, one. Uh, no, I'm going to um, save save it for. I'm going to okay. give you a free pass this time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's because I, I care. Yeah, I, I read a lot to definitely understand, but I'm just a bit of an information hound too. I just want to understand how things happened or 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 how things work. I mean, the Looming Tower. Reading about how 9-11 came to be in a 30, 40 year, 50 year process is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Things that they're not going to teach that to kids. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the history books, especially in the United States will not be revised to teach about that completely. By the way, it's not a big knock on, on the United States. It's not at all. It's just understanding of like when we do something or Western culture does something, this is how this society and the subculture of that society is going to react. This is how they react to Russians. This is how they react to Mongol invaders of the past and go down the list. You know, like it makes sense by ultimately how response would be. So, and then Northern Ireland, you know, watch so many movies about that and so many stories, the point where, I think finally having a book that can explain it to me a little bit more is fascinating. So, and, and just mercy fits in that category too, of an area of, of our American criminal justice system. And, um, that's why, that's why books can be so helpful of when you get to that point of realizing, man, what I, your education never ends. And I really try to be intentional now with my girls, especially my oldest daughter, Madeline, who really struggles with reading and said, listen, like, this is a process. I like you is not a reader at your age and it's, it's okay. I said, I certainly want you to be a reader because I talk about it all the time, but once you know, it's like, it's like working out the gym, like as you get going and get better, it's gets a little bit easier. And, uh, and, and a runner, you can go a little bit farther, you know, every time. And 
I said, I just want you to be curious. I want you to have this yearning to understand the world more. And that's what books are there to help you do. Yeah. Um, so as an adult, like that's what's been so fun and interesting. That's why it's hard not to go through days without reading a book. So um, yeah, as I kind of look back at my theme, and it, even even reading a Val Kilmer memoir, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of he's kind of a nostalgic actor. You realize, like, if you grew up in the '80s and '90s, it's hard not to see Val Kilmer in a lot of movies that were pretty big during that era. So mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Um, although, again, the, movie, the book was not that great, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know where to go with this. So. No, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, um, just on that topic of last week, uh, of last week's episode, um, uh, one of the things that I did was I, I finally picked up a book that I had wanted to read anyway. Um, and so I'm looking forward to starting it, but I have a copy in the house, which is a good step, uh, which is, um, underground railroad by, uh, Colson Whitehead. And so I've got that one. I also picked up an interesting one that was, that is called, um, Americana, the, author of the book i would have a very hard time pronouncing her name chimamanda i think is how you pronounce her first name ngozi adichie i'm just going to apologize to the world for for how awful my uh butchering of her name is on this episode so sorry everybody i bet Um, you can't pronounce my last name either though so what heltabital yeah oh wow you did it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know how to do it. I can also pronounce Dimbozik. So, <laughs> oh man, I, and I love and I love Brian, but I, I, I butchered it all the time. Scarlet as you Disney. as you should. I mean, Scarlet. it's actually pronounced Johnson, but girl, uh, <laughs> <laughs> your 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 surname like around the office uh, where I used to work and where Aaron works and where your husband works. I remember having to get someone else. Okay, say it. Now say it again. It's vital. Say it one more time. I just want to make sure I get it. I, but it was really funny when I met Brandon. I had to ask someone else again. Like, just I want to make sure I get it. But so in other words, I haven't had trouble with your name. But with Brian Dimbosic. 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 See, I can't. We got to tag him in this episode. He'll be listening for 10 hours as we talk about the hospitals. And- <laughs> <laughs> you should. It's like, it's like, uh, our, how do you pronounce Dimbosic? How, how do you, all right, for, here's another one with it. This fits in that category. How do you pronounce N-E-V-A-D-A? Nevada. Aaron? Nevada? It's Nevada. No, it's Nevada. not. That's how they pronounce it. It's not that's Nevada. How we it. It's people not who Nevada. Live there? Yes, people who Nevada? live there. That's how they do it. Nevada. No it's way. That, yes, Nevada. Well, I have a friend who lives awesome. in Colorado, and um, she she gets a little bit annoyed whenever oh. people say Colorado. 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 Yes, like, she she would make fun of me for pronouncing it like a Canadian, so I learned how to pronounce it like she does. It's like how I do everything. I learned how to pronounce things the way that you people do. So but then you you still but then you still talk like a Canadian. That's certainly true. <laughs> you learn how and then you immediately throw the knowledge out of your brain. Yep, that's right. That's right. Look, I've been in I haven't been around as many Americans in person, so my accent is reverting. Um, because no, it's actually, I'm in a... it's pretty American actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. You're doing a good job. Oh, wow. There we go. Amazing. 
Amazing. I really, I really took this to another place, Aaron. I'm sorry. Continue on about the book. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. So, um, so the story, so the the story of this book is, um, is really one about um, a uh, Nigerian woman who uh, immigrates to the U.S. Uh, she's she's coming to attend university. Um, she and it's got and then mixed into this is this. Um, uh, this relationship like is this kind of love story that's going on with her first um, you know her first serious relationship in um, in Nigeria and where kind of their lives diverged because they both wanted to go to America and be together and he ended up having his visa denied because of the events of 9-11 and um, ended up um, an undocumented immigrant in the UK for a period of time. And so it was just, it's just an interesting story. That's the, that's basically the back cover gist of it. Um, I have no idea what it's like because I haven't read it yet. So. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. Well, this has been an unexpected episode. This has gone all (laughs) over the place. I know. I know. This is why, (laughs) and and folks, we promise We'll be bringing guests back soon. This is <laughs> no, 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 no. The whole point of the guests are supposed to be an infrequent part of the show. I know, I know, I know. This has been really amusing. I love this personally. I know, I do mm-hmm. too. It, it, it just and 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 guests you can typically see when we're super organized and when we're not. And we had an outline at a basic level for this, um, but it clearly went in many fun directions. So we hope you enjoyed it. Um, because we enjoyed it yes well that's the secret of a good podcast if we're having fun everyone else will too so um, on that note guys we should go because you two have meetings and um, and I apparently have work to do as well so um (laughs) you know children and a rabbit to take care of that's true that's true Uh, children and a rabbit it's tough yep. out there. It is. Yep. So, well. All right. Well, uh, guys, thanks for hanging out. This was a lot of fun, as always. Um, Scarlett, good job with the mic. You did great. Um, thanks. Yes. I'll, I'll yes. be mic'd up next episode. That's right. Thank you. That's right. And soon we're going to have an in-person recording session again. Yes. Soon. But not right. today. All right. Uh, So, listeners, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, You know what to do. Five-star ratings and reviews all around. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. This is an Area Code podcast.